0: In A Pocket Guide to Pigeon Watching, Rosemary Moscoe talks a lot about how important pigeons have been for people, for food, carrying messages, producing guano for fertilizer, and racing. As tasty as pigeons apparently are, we've never been able to breed them as prolifically as we breed domestic chickens, turkeys, or ducks, at least not in captivity. Rosemary explained,
1: A lot of what they do is kind of mediated by these sort of particular quirks that they have. So for example, with with meat, we definitely you know used to eat tons and tons and tons of pigeon but they have to take good care of their babies you can't just for example take their chicks away and raise them like you can with with chickens you have to have the mom pigeon feeding them pigeon milk which the mom and the dad produce in their throat and so they're they're caring for their young so it's a, it's a little bit tougher to raise large quantities of them. So instead, we switched to chickens. And this homing tendency is a little bit tough to overcome. So we switched to internet. So there's just a lot of reasons why they became a little bit less useful over time, for sure.
0: Rosemary's book does a better job of explaining the unique quirks of pigeon biology than most high school and college textbooks do. We talked about just one element of it.
1: If you look at just a pigeon circulatory system, you'll notice that they have this, this wild mesh of veins that's that's all around their neck. And it kind of makes sense when you think about you know, a pigeon poofing up its neck. And so it's this, this thing called the collar plexus for short. And it's this uh, region that can kind of help a pigeon swell up. And, and do its, its poofy neck thing, but also can help it stay cool or stay warm. You know, it can, it can exchange heat through that, that collar plexus. And it's just one of those things about a pigeon that is at once kind of familiar, but also just really, really alien. That they have this, like entire branching circulatory system kind of all around that, that really poofy neck.
0: I asked her about B.F. Skinner's famous work with pigeons.
1: Yeah, pigeons are surprisingly smart and also surprisingly not smart. They're both both familiar and alien in in terms of their minds, which I think is really interesting. So for a long time, people thought that birds were not very smart, partly because if you look at their brains, which are kind of small, they don't look as wrinkled as our brains. And we usually think of, you know, wrinkly brain as, as a smart thing, lots of folds and lots of cells and lots of intelligence. But that's because their brain anatomy is just totally, totally different. So they don't have a neocortex, but they do have this thing called a mesopallium, that has cells that act in almost the same way. So, a lot of birds are really smart. I mean, there are there are parrots that can memorize tons of words and there are ravens that will like knock snow off of roofs onto passersby and target their their hits with precision. And then there are pigeons which they'll have their moments of being less intelligent. For example, if you swap a pigeon's babies with another pigeon's babies, it won't notice. They can't recognize their children. But at the same time, people have trained them to do unbelievably cool things. So BF Skinner trained them to play ping pong And we've trained them to recognize Indian dance versus martial arts. And we've trained them to tell cancerous breast tissue for non-cancerous breast tissue, looking at medical slides, and they can recognize themselves on video. And there's so much that they can do that's really, really remarkable. And then you get into their homing abilities, which are so incredible. So they really are not slouches. They're just sort of a different type of mind than, than we have.
0: I mentioned how Skinner compared elements of pigeon and human intelligence.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he didn't think that pigeons were especially smart. He wasn't super comp- complimentary about them. But he did think that they had a lot to tell us about our own minds, which I think is interesting because they do. And then they also just do things that we can't even fathom at the same time, which I think makes them really interesting. I mean, I couldn't find my way home across 600 miles, you know, <laughs> without some sort of a GPS or a compass or something.
0: One scientist even more enamored of pigeons than B.F. Skinner was Charles Darwin. Rosemary had this to say about him.
1: He he was obsessed with pigeons and he he loved them. So his history with pigeons was that at one point he wanted to kind of look more closely at his, with his evolutionary theories at a creature that he could keep in his backyard. And pigeons were perfect because they were kind of all the rage. There was this big pigeon craze. So he built a pigeon loft. He was a little reluctant about it. You know, he just thought, oh, it's not as interesting a species. So he started to go to pigeon group meetings and, you know, meet a bunch of other pigeon keepers. And he just became utterly obsessed. And I start the book with this quote from him writing to his friend, Lyell, where he says, you know, when you come visit, let me show you my pigeons, which are the greatest gift that anyone can can give to someone else, because he was just so, so in love with these creatures. And he would breed them. And he was trying to figure out, are all of these fancy pigeon breeds, some of which are just absolutely bizarre looking, are they all descended from the same Um, species and he was able to determine that yeah they all come from columbolivia from the the rock dove and so by looking at how humans have changed pigeons over time he could look how you know nature might change species over time so they were really really instrumental and if you read his books there is a lot of pigeon content so much you might get a little bogged down by all of his descriptions of all of his breeds but he was just absolutely head over heels for pigeons which I think is is cool I mean in a biologist's way you know he'd talk about like oh they're so beautiful and I can't wait to skeletonize them and look at their their bone formations but yeah he was a big pigeon fan
0: Tomorrow, I'll close out National Pigeon Week with Rosemary Moscow's and my conversation about pigeons used by various militaries to carry important messages. I'm Laura Erickson, speaking for the birds.